Hey. All right, we made it. Oh, yeah. it's recording already? Yeah, I figure out, you know, let's start recording as soon as I hear your voice. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so the newest new is um, I set up a Patreon um, account, um, so folks should know about that. I, well, at first, I thought I set it up. <laughs> <laughs> I did see where you said, oh, um, I set it up now. <laughs> <laughs> so it's cool. set up now. So if you you guys want to support us um, with expenses, because ain't nothing free in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and we love coming to you, but it'd be nice if you don't have to keep paying for it. <laughs> right, right. But um, yeah, so you can just go to patreon.com uh, slash jagayatis. And if you don't know how to spell Patreon, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking that's P-A-T. <laughs> right? Okay. Hey, right. Sam. You know, most of us went through the public, uh, American public school education. Right, so right. <laughs> I ain't going to front. If I didn't go to the site, if I didn't Google that bitch, I probably would not have spell it myself. Anyway, Patreon is spelled P-A-T is in Tom, R-E-O-N is in Nancy. Patreon.com slash Gayantes. Yeah, so that, that's, that's the newest new. Okay. You can drop in whatever you have, whenever you have it. Woohoo! Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... I so how you been, girl? Let's just check in. Yeah, um, I'm good. I am. Um, we got to meet some of my wife's family. I was gonna say extended family, but her father passed when she was young, so she's mm-hmm. just meeting her her father's side of the family. So we spent the weekend mm-hmm. with them. It was so nice, like mm. really, really nice. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's sweet. Shoot, by the next episode, I'm going to be telling family stories, too, because my mom is coming to town. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. And how's she doing in her, her surgeries and stuff? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, She had uh, two hip surgeries, well, within two years, one mm-hmm. each year. <laughs> but yeah. no, no, she, she she's walking in stride now. Good. You know, I'm just trying, to, just trying to figure out what I'm going to do with her when she's here that's not too exhaustive, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, she got new hips, but still they ain't got much mileage on them. So she can't be like, well, you know, right, right. You know, but, um, I don't know. I figure out something, but it, you whatever know, it is. if you do like the museums or something, she can get her a chair. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying they got the little buggies, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm not above a buggy. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Get my mother behind the wheel now. <laughs> You better yes. hold on to your statues. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that. You know, family's always uh, important, man. It'd be good to to rest my eyes on a woman that gave birth to me and raised my ass. So yeah, I was trying to get in touch with my mom this summer, and she was too busy. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. So, mom, mm-hmm. if you listen to the podcast, come see your daughter. Okay, I've been trying to get in touch with you. You just, you just too grown for the world. Okay, you know. <laughs> I'm telling you, them baby boomers, yo, they, 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 they living long and strong, and they is yeah. not having it. They about their independence. They ain't trying to hear no BS. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so you've met is what I'm hearing. <laughs> yes, that is definitely her. <laughs> You know, um, but anyway, so I mean, um, I ain't gonna lie and act like I've been thinking about what we're gonna think about, uh, you know, been thinking about what we're gonna talk about. I mean, um, but and we have we don't have any letters this week, um, but I do want to just uh, uh, still give a shout out because I I am interested. Um, I hope, I mean, you know, we're still a young podcast, so um, Mm -hmm. but you know, I really want to uh, be a resource, um, for young, um, queer Muslims questioning um, life in the context of being both queer and um, of uh, and, and a Muslim, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I just, you know, me and Red, you know, uh, we, and not only were we both essentially raised in the faith, um, we have two completely different stories. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that'd be a good thing um, to share. But we'll share those when somebody reaches out. 
Um, but you know, okay. Um, do you have anything before? I have one thing in my, in my head, but if okay, you... tell me your thing, and then I'll tell you my thing. Okay, and then we'll just flip a coin or some shit. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. So my thing is actually I had mentioned it last time because it's something that's really is kind of, I'm sensitive about, and I feel like it's not talked about enough. Mm-hmm. And you know, because um, I have I always mention I have most of my dearest friends are femme, either straight women or, or femme queer women, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, one of the things that was always, you know, these are my people, so they, they know me inside and out, and I can hug on them and love them and all that. But there's always this weird energy around, um, and let me put a, let me be more clear, it's less so with my straight friends and their boyfriends but it's more so with my straight friend, I mean, excuse me, my queer friends within the community. Mm. So, you know, as far as how affectionate I can be, you know, with them when they're around their girlfriends or even general affection that's not attributed to masculinity. You know, I feel like even to this, even at, at my nice, ripe, beautiful age, I still struggle with navigating that. Um, sometimes I don't, maybe I put it on myself. I just feel a little uncomfortable in some circumstances. And like you sometimes say, you know, when with your homegirls who are, are femme, you know, y'all touch each other's titties and, you know, it's not, mm-hmm. it's really clear where the boundaries, it, it, there's no need for boundaries. It's clear where y'all stand, obviously, right. you know, um, but it's not, I don't think it's always clear with someone like me, even though my intentions are the same. So that, that. Yeah. That's- I like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a little more well thought out than the one that I had. <laughs> well, let me hear it. Because the one that I had wasn't even for me. I was just like, and I guess, well, yes, I was, I guess I dated at, at 40. <laughs> but I was thinking about like, you know, dating like after your your 20s and, you know, even your 30s. Like, Ooh, that's that good too, though. Like, that's good too, because I can definitely speak to that. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you're recently. I mean, when did you guys get married? Yeah, we got married in 2015. So it's not that long ago. Yeah, and I'm assuming you dated at least a couple of so weeks before that. At least a few weeks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're we're lesbians, so it was only a few. You know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I want to say shout out to my homegirl Marla and her uh, her fiance. Yes. I know um, Esther, who recently uh, Esther recently uh, proposed to a good friend of mine, um, Marla. So they're mm-hmm. going to be doing that too. Um, but I kind of like that dating over forty. Okay. I can roll with that. I can roll with that. Yay. I can roll with that actually, yeah, yeah. That's that's, that's fun. That's okay. Fun. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> Because it does look different. Yeah. Some, I mean, some things are always the same, but it, it definitely does look different. And um, you're different by the time you're you're dating yeah. that way. So <laughs> it's got to be different. And let me say this. Let me say this. So um, I was in a lift, right? Mm-hmm. And um, uh, there was two young women, younger women. They weren't like young like. 20 and change, but they were, they were like, uh, I would say early thirties. Yeah, definitely early thirties. Cause one of them, she was like 32 or something. Mm-hmm. And, um, they were, you know, they were two friends. Um, and they were just talking shit, you know, and they said something and it was like, um, you know, I would never date my ex. Who wants to date their ex? Why would you date your ex? You already know that, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I'm over here thinking like, well, you know, you do grow over time. Sometimes shit come back around. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it ain't that deep, you know. Yeah. And they were and, and they were also saying things that I just found really peculiar. Like, you know, um, they said things like, uh, uh, "Oh shit." Um, oh yeah, they were saying things like, um, "Oh, people always romanticize relationships and feel like there's always uh, going to be ups and downs." I don't believe that. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, have you been? Oh, you know, and down. I don't believe yeah, there's like, be ups and downs. Like they, they feel like saying there are ups and downs in a relationship is something that is romanticized about relationships, and that's something I have never heard before, nor experienced. Mm. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, so. Yes, there, I think people look at dating and have different expectations at different points in their life. 
definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, so you want to dive in? Yeah. What? When you were in your twenties, like, what did you think of your relationship was going to be about? Oh, like, based on what was the purpose you know, of? It? And um, I mean. First of all, I didn't officially come out till I was 25, so I was a bit of a late bloomer, thus the Muslim shit, right? So I was a bit of a late bloomer, but, mm-hmm. um, and, 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 and in full disclosure, one of my first relationships actually was rather abusive, but I think everybody has a crazy girlfriend in the beginning because you kind of fly and wide open but blind at the same time. Um, and, you know, you mm-hmm. kind of think women are just this safe space, but, you know, there's dysfunction everywhere. Um, so, you know, yeah, but... um. But aside from that, um, I was clueless. Um, everything was based on what I had seen on TV as far as expectations or even having expectations. Um, uh, mm-hmm. And I felt like, you know, it was definitely, it has definitely the time, but was the time for me where um, well, I feel that, that the younger you are, you kind of go into it um, with a narrative in your head and as in everything you do and say and react to is feeding your own narrative. Now that may not be the same narrative as your partner. And in most cases it's not, <laughs> Right. But, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. You're feeding this narrative because honestly you really haven't lived a life. So the only reference you have is shit you've seen in media in whatever shape or form, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I, I think that, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, this is not everyone, but I would I can make a safe, solid bet that most people in their 20s are completely clueless of how to enter and navigate and grow from a relationship. Yeah. 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 I don't think I had a purpose in my dating in my 20s. Like really thinking about it, like I, I mean, too, like again, I'm coming out of Islam and out of a marriage in Islam with children and everything. And I get home and I meet this woman. Um, I think she's absolutely amazing. Um, I realize a year into our friendship that we were actually dating. <laughs> I don't really catch on very quickly. I I'm oblivious ass bitch. I don't be catching nothing, girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, um, so, you know, I'm like, okay, well, cool. Yeah. Like I'm grown. I can do this. This is great. And then I realized like, oh my God, like, this is what I should have been doing the whole time. Like, absolutely. Cool. Um, but beyond that concept of like the friendship and the camaraderie and like community, like, I don't know that Like, I definitely wasn't at that time, like, dating Mm -hmm. to marry. Um, I wasn't, I don't think I had plans outside of, like, what we doing this weekend, you know? Um, And so, like, when I think about it now, like, it wasn't, it wasn't purposeful for me in that sense. Like, I know a lot of people um, at that time when I was um, just really coming into to my own and, and understanding my, myself and, and who I was as a partner and what I would have mm-hmm. to offer and that kind of stuff. Um, there were a lot of people that seemed to be a lot more uh, focused and confident mm. than I was. Like I really felt guilty a lot of times because I'm like, yeah, I'm not there. <laughs> like, <laughs> I I don't know what to say. <laughs> Even though they probably wasn't. Yeah. But <laughs> so when I was 24, I was 27. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I really, like, thinking about it now, um, I was just really, oh, my gosh. I was really just trying to find mm-hmm. myself through other people. Mm-hmm. Right. (laughs) And so figuring out like what I liked and what I didn't like and what I could Mm. deal with and what I couldn't deal with and like who I was and who I absolutely Mm. was not. (laughs) Those kind of things. I learned a lot of that through my Mm. relationships and um, intentionally and unintentionally. Right. (laughs) So I would love to make it seem like I was so like (laughs) 
forward thinking as to be trying to figure those things out. No, I was learning them mm-hmm. by trial and error, mm-hmm. very much so. Um, and I think that um, now I'm just, yeah, I'm a little more, a little, I'm a lot more settled um, in one, who I am and, and what I'm looking for and the experiences on, that roll, I'm willing to have. We're talking about the 20s. This, then we're going to move to the 30s and then we itch up onto the 40s. Okay. All right. Ooh, okay. Each, each block of time. Yes. <laughs> Yes, definitely. <laughs> now, also, mind you, in the okay. 20s, you know, um, basically, I would say truly, you know, 20s was my coming out stage, but not just coming out as queer, but coming into my sense of womanhood as well. And also, I had some, not conflict, but I had a lot of grook and mess I had to navigate. I didn't, I couldn't, I wasn't just me trying to be me. I, I didn't have anonymity. You know, when I was in my 20s, I was signed. I was, you know, an MC, you know, out in, in hip hop in the 90s, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So, you know, yeah. I definitely, yeah. I remember, you know, before I came out, like, you know, I was like, well, maybe I can just live in the closet. And I was like, I can't. <laughs> you know, and I remember, I, mm-hmm. I remember I was celibate for a few <laughs> years because I said, you know, one of my last boyfriends, I was like, this is ridiculous. I said, until I figure this out, I couldn't even really voice it or shape it, but until I figure this out, I ain't going to sleep with nobody. That's exactly what I did, which probably was the best for being in the industry. I was able mm-hmm. to kind of stay clear-headed. But um, but, but yeah. I think it was harder for me to even step into myself once I came out because one thing that the industry or any kind of limelight that you may be in, it, it starts the process of arrested development. And that's also why I think a lot of grown ass mm. rappers act like they're 19 because you're, you're put, you're put into this, right. this bubble of existence that really is outside of the everyday, just growing and being and doing and interacting with everyday folks. You're put into this regiment of surrealness, quite honestly. Um, and so I think I suffer from a little bit of arrested development. Now, luckily I, w- I got out of escaped, exited <laughs> the industry fairly early, mm-hmm. um, but still I was well known, you know, so now being not just coming out, you know, cause uh, you know, when I did come out, my closest friends, my boys, all that, you know, they, they still, you know, they still love me. It wasn't like I lost mad people or nothing, but um, it's still, mm-hmm. I still had an image of myself you know, and so I had to yeah. find a way to start remolding and reshaping what that image is in the context of what it is to be queer. Like, you know, there, there. I mean, it's thinking about this now, it's like, it's almost ridiculous. It's almost funny to say, like, I remember I had a hard time saying the word feminist. Um, you know, I learned words like mm. patriarchal, like, you know, just kind of the, the go-to lesbian shit. <laughs> but but stuff that I can roll off the yeah. tongue now, but back then that was hard. And I think also that's a tribute to just being in the black community. We don't say those words. It's the F word. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But still, yeah. especially within hip hop. So, so once I'm out, you know, there still is navigating who I am and where is my safe space to do that. And I think trying to find and acquire safe space is one of the things you learn in your 20s. What is your safe space? Because if you don't start to name and own what's safe for you, it's hard for you to grow. But then you're always navigating a sense Mm -hmm. of danger. Um, uh, um, uh, You need a sense of assuredness about yourself, you know, um, to really find your voice. You know, so as things come to you yeah. in life, you know how to speak to that for yourself and to others. And I think a lot of that happens in the 20s. And, you know, people in the 20s, they like to, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I think, honestly, every age, you think you know everything. And then, but the older you get, you realize you never know everything. But in particular, <laughs> but, but, right. but in the 20s in particular, you, the world tells you that you've grown. And I'm going to tell you right now, you're not. And that's okay. It's okay not to be grown. Please, mm-hmm. please be careless. No, no, okay, not careless. But use your twenty, like respect your twenties for what it is. It's just a grown-up version of teenagehood. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you're supposed to make mistakes. You're supposed to fumble. Yeah. It's okay. Don't beat yourself up. You know, you may have a don't. I mean, listen, if you get married in your 20s, God bless you. That's straight, gay, whatever. Mm -hmm. God bless you. And that's what I mean by that narrative. Yeah. You know, TV tells us, oh, get married when you're 23. Child, don't get married. Don't, <laughs> don't do it. I don't care how much you love yeah. her. I don't care. She's like the best thing in the world. She's the best thing in the world to you now because you are 20, whatever. You know what I mean? Now, unless you mm -hmm. guys have acquired the very fine-tuned skill of growing with each other, you are doomed. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just saying. <laughs> Keep the U-Haul in the motherfucking yeah. lot. You know what I mean? Like for real. Just experience fuck safely. You know, um, have right, conversations, right. like learn, um, accept people for what they are, try and understand who they are in context of you. Let them help you. You know what? I'm going, I'm, I'm starting to move into the thirties. I'm just saying, don't take no shit seriously mm. in the 20s. It's not the time for it. Please have fun. Have fun. Be safe. And just take little jewels of nuggets and, and, and follow the way and archive it for when real shit happens. But I don't want to skip over that part that you said that I think is so key. Like everybody tells mm -hmm. you that you're grown when you're 20 something. And so you start trying to do all the stuff that grown people do mm -hmm. and you're allowed to like nobody tells you when you're 20 whatever oh you're too young for such like they were like mm -hmm. you grown right <laughs> and so you have to kind of police that part on your own and really be willing to say what you are and are not ready to manage yeah. at that time yeah but you like you're gonna have to really fight that fight to be able to to know because nobody's gonna tell you <laughs> like I promise you that it's kind of like they always say like when you go to college nobody's gonna be there to help you you got to do it all on your like really that's that time in your 20s when everybody just expects you to know and it's ridiculous because you don't like you're expected to know what you want to be when you grow up and you're supposed to be on your path halfway there, right? You're supposed to know who you are as a person and everything that you want out of life. You're expected to like be building on your credit. Like, all these phenomenally difficult things you're supposed to do two years yeah. out of high school. Where you were just eating paste off your fingernails. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's absolutely Not ridiculous. Your for yeah. You know? And, right. and here's something, yeah. something that I've, I've, yeah. I've always kind of mentioned, but I, and I didn't realize I was 30 that that's how I saw myself. I, and this is what goes back to media. Unfortunately, when we're teenagers, shit, when we're in junior high, okay, and we watch movies about teenagers, we don't understand that those aren't teenagers we're looking at. Those are actually 20-something, 30-something people playing teenagers. So what that does is gives us right. this self-image of what the fuck we look like and how, you know what I mean? And it's like, mm -hmm. you don't look that grown. You, you, When I realized I don't look as grown as I thought I looked, that I still had mm -hmm. some baby cheeks, even at 20-something, when I look at my pictures right. when I was 20-something, right. I was a child. <laughs> I was like, oh my yeah. God, but in my head, you couldn't tell me shit. Right. I'm out there. You out there doing, doing it, baby. I was doing it. And this is, this is all aside from the brilliant, and I know they out there, you brilliant young people that oh, are yes. like 4.5 GPA, doing shit, got careers already at 20-something, you know, like starting startups mm -hmm. and all that, that ain't got nothing to do with your personal, social, and self-image. You know what I mean? Like, that, that we ain't talking about yeah. your professional life, because some of y'all are way ahead of the motherfucking game, and I get that, and all the more power to you. <laughs> but we talking about mm -hmm. your emotional intelligence, your uh, social navigation, <laughs> you know, your self-image, mm -hmm. and, you know, how you deal yeah. with your friends, your lovers, and all of that. 
You know, that is something you can't learn in college. You can't be prepped by your parents. They can give you as much as they can, but you literally have to literally live to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's <sighs> 30. And so 30. <laughs> <laughs> Um, 30 for me, 30 for me, I mm. ran away from home. What do you mean by that? I was just like, yo, like all this is some bullshit. I'm not doing it. <laughs> like I, I, and that's when I, when I got on the road, I, I, this new school year was starting. I went to work and it, it was like a lot of changes, like a lot of stuff was going on. And I said I was quitting and I didn't quit, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but I went to work one day and the lady said something to me. Like two, this was like the, the first day back. She said something to me like, oh, you're back. I'm glad I didn't give your office away. Wow. And... I was like, oh, don't think it's sweet. You know what I'm saying? Don't think I'm going to leave up out this <laughs> Don't touch me, okay? <laughs> and I went into my office. Like, I was moving offices. So all of my stuff was already packed up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just mm. took it to the car. Took it to the car. <laughs> and like instead of moving it to the other office like I moved it all like to the dumpster to my car like what couldn't fit in the car I just got rid of it and I told them mm. I'm not gonna be able to do this and I went on in the world like I like I literally like <laughs> ran away <laughs> from home like I had to not play by the rules like I had done everything the way that I was supposed to be doing it like I you know I followed the rules I did the stuff and it didn't give me what they said it was going to give me and so 30 was really me trying it Mm. my way Mm. and you know we we had one of our first episodes uh we were talking about you know this whole 30 thing is still like your Saturn's return so that what you just said Mm -hmm. made perfect sense (laughs) That is what yeah. you would do. Yeah. <laughs> you have the gumption to do it. Break the fuck out. Or break off, break away, and break out. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that may look different to different people. But you won't Yeah. Get- and I know, like, I was absolutely, it, like, in so many ways, absolutely irresponsible mm-hmm. in the way that I handled mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, but... I could not handle it any mm. other way. Right. <laughs> at that time, at that point in my life, like I really I was ready to go and I knew if I didn't go now, I would well, What never about go. your relationships during your thirties? And we go we talk um, about the whole span of so, the thirties, because that's a whole that's a mm. Yes. And so my relationships in my thirties were very much a reflection of mm-hmm. that mentality. Like I was very and not in a bad way, because like when I say like I was very selfish, like I was very much about myself. Like I, I wasn't making no sacrifices for relationships and doing the stuff that people wanted me to do just because like I wasn't doing any of that. Like I really was about um, about mm-hmm. doing me. Um, and I was so good at it. Like... <laughs> I was probably like, yeah, like really like, I don't know that I was the best to others like around me. Like I know I I let a lot of people down and I did not live up to their expectations Mm. and hadn't planned on it. They were. You know? (laughs) Um, And so I struggled with that, you know, in, in a lot of ways, just like, I don't mean to be a dick yo like I really don't however I just gotta do this like this and I think it was one of those things like if if not now when you know what I'm saying 
and and I just took it. And so my my relationships in my thirties uh, were were self serving mm, in that way. Mm. Self serving is, I think, yeah. Or okay, well, for me, similar to yours, um, you know that sad return. How I broke out too. Um, I, I just went to one place though. I mean, I was always traveling, you know, because I was still mm-hmm. um, in the game to whatever extent. So I was uh, still like traveling overseas or whatever. But but I had I broke out of New York. Um, I cut my ties in New York um, and and, mm-hmm. and and moved to California. You know, because um, mm-hmm. I felt it was like a serious like push, like get the fuck out of it. You know, like 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 go yeah. as far away yeah. you can go away from New York. Do that, and I was on the other side of the country. So, um, about um, socially, how I grew is I think I really acquired my first round of adult friends. Right, at least what adult mm. looked like to me then, um, you know, um, yeah. because I, you know, in New York, everybody's hustling, doing their thing, and you know, you got your peoples and everything, and you try and get in time. But what California offered me was a way to understand friendship, where everybody ain't hustling and bustling like that, or trying to make it or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. you got people that just come over and just chill, da, 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 da. you know. So it was a whole different thing, yeah. and I think going into a completely different environment, you know, like that really helped me settle into what is friendship and how do you navigate that friendship. And and, and it was the first time I really started setting boundaries yeah. with friends. Like one of my closest and dearest, I love her the fucking death. She's of my top five or four at this point. And, you know, um, I remember when we first started becoming friends in the Bay Area, you know, she got a quick temper and she had cursed me out or something. She said, fuck you or something like that. <laughs> and I, you know, and I'm, I'm a tender heart, baby. I do. I don't like confrontation or nothing. Right. Mm. So that took me aback. So I remember I thought about it. And the next time I got on the phone with her, I was like, listen, baby, if you ever curse mm. at me again, don't ever call me again. Don't ever talk to me again. Cause you know, right. I had came out of abusive relationship. So that I remember that being the real first serious boundary I set for myself you know, and, mm-hmm. um, and she, and she never did it again. You know, and like I said, this is what people I love dearly and deeply. And so it's, it's, I'm, so socially that's what, you know, you learn how to navigate friendships. Also, I remember another thing with friends is, you know, since I was getting this new group of friends, um, at some point, like, um, you know, like if, a fr- if one of someone in the group of friends got a girlfriend or whatever, you know, people get distracted and shit. I remember feeling jealous about that. You know what I mean? So, you know, or just like who's yeah. new in the fray or someone's breaking up this idea of friendship. And I think sometimes, you know, um, we can kind of be, um, what's that word? Like, uh, not protect, we are protective of our sense of our clique and our, and our, and our, our, our friends, mm-hmm. you know, and we don't know how to expand that friendship group, whether that is a boyfriend, girlfriend, or just other people that people meet. And they bring it into the group. Sometimes yeah. we like to lock it down because we have a sense like these are these are my people. Um, and I think that's that's a very mm-hmm. immature way of thinking about friendship. <laughs> you know, so yeah. I learned that lesson. Now, as far as relationships, um, this was the period of time where I understood clearly what it meant that relationships have purposes. It's not just a purpose to live mm-hmm. happily ever after. That whether this works or not, I'm going to leave. If I leave this relationship, I'm going to damn sure learn something from it. I'm not going to go out of this relationship like fuck that bitch or it's all on her and not look within to see what about me could be better. You know, what did what is she experience Mm -hmm. that I can maybe not give to the next person? (laughs) You know what I mean? What what, what other boundaries um, will I um, now put on my shelf, like, no, I will never let anyone do this. I will never let this happen. Okay. What is this? Let me unpack this because relationships, because we live mm-hmm. through people, you know, we see ourselves through people if we so choose. So when I got, you know, and, and I'm a, I'm a serial monogamous person. So I've had a series of relationships that the shortest relationship I had was maybe six months, but I'm, I'm usually a two year, four year and it actually kept going up six years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. 
Well, what you learn, if you're that kind of person that you stay in relationships, you know, um, what I learned is that I need, and I'm, I might even push it to my 40s, but I, I need to know when to say enough is enough. You know, like to really yeah. beat complacency down with a bat. Like don't, you know, get so comfortable that you cease growing. So the, the I realized in my 30s, the whole point of relationship is to grow. If you don't grow from a relationship, you need to grow within a relationship or, or you just buy in time, basically. <laughs> you know, okay. that's what I learned in my 30s. So the friendship thing was very, very key for me um, in the 30s because my friends were couples and then the couple started breaking up. And because I was traveling, one year (laughs) I would go and everybody's, you know, all like everything Mm -hmm. is set. And then the next time I go back, folks ain't friends no more. Um, Everybody done broke up and they not talking, but I don't live there. So I don't know like all of the dynamics and stuff. And so that kind of made me very um, not secretive with my relationships, but very much so where I was not making my relationship part of the community. Mm. Mm. Not making, huh. So like, Speak on that. Your, my friendship mm-hmm. with you is not going to be connected to whether or not I'm in a relationship with this person or, you know, however those things worked out. Um, there were so many times where like I was in the middle, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> Of like, hey, um, me and such and such broke up. I just want you to know, like, we don't fuck with her. Oh, that's some and bullshit. Like, okay, that's. But not that. even that's- like, yeah. not even that people mm-hmm. said it, but like that's kind of the expectation. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Bullshit, yeah. Yeah, and so I recognize that I was not going to be in the middle of that and that I didn't want my partners to be in the middle Mm -hmm, of that either. mm -hmm. And so there was like plenty of years, especially when I first moved to Atlanta and nobody know who I was with. Mm. Like I'm out, I'm working, I'm I'm, I'm like on my ground, I'm I'm doing shows, I'm, you know, all of this kind of stuff, but I'm a straight enigma (laughs) (laughs) in the world. I show up everywhere by myself. You don't even know my baby is at the party Ooh. with me. Because <laughs> she done dropped me off and went to park. We kicked it the whole time. <laughs> then we left. <laughs> because I just didn't want the community to feel like they had uh, access or a say, maybe, in, in that. Um, it did cause some some issues with with a couple of people. Not everybody. Like some people got it and were like, "Yes, thank you for protecting me." Especially like at the height of red mm-hmm. summering, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. like, "Thank you for making a safe space at home where all of that is not included." Because mm-hmm. I was very much known for bringing home strays and <laughs> you know picking up you know <laughs> all these kids and friends living with us like. <laughs> It'd be all kind of stuff going on. And so I really had to learn to to make my relationship separate from the community. See that? Or not dependent on. And 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 you also hit into something with that um that changed for me, something that I did in my twenties, but I definitely stopped in my thirties, or not so much just me, but I think everyone around me, just that whole age group changes in your 30s and definitely moves on as you get older is okay you have your group of friends your friends are dating one you know some of those those dates become lovers become real girlfriends some may even get married and then maybe get divorced or you break up or whatever but in the meantime you are getting to know that person 
right? Mm -hmm. They are, yes, your point of reference is your friend. She technically got there first, but sometimes you really like their partner as like, they cool motherfuckers. And just because you broke Mm -hmm. the fuck up, don't mean I'm going to stop talking to her. Now I ain't going to, I ain't going to be talking shit about neither one of you to either one of you. I ain't trying to do that game, but it ain't like, because you broke up with her, you know, that I can't no longer be friends with her. And if you are mm-hmm. saying that in your life, like that's your scenario and you feel that, okay, your homegirl's girl, you ain't your homegirl is not broke up with her girlfriend. You can't talk to that girl anymore. And that's just what's what. That is some young, dumb bull. That's the most immature shit you can ever do because no one has a right mm-hmm. to say, you never know how new people enter your life, but no one, no one has a right to say who should, should be or not be in your life. If you connected with one of your homegirls, girlfriends and they break up that's their mm-hmm. shit now mind you of course there are exceptions to the rule like again abuse and yeah. you know, horrible shit I was just but it was just also regular shit you fucking broke up for the myriad of reasons that people right. break up that don't mean you you need to stop talking to that person you know what I mean and mm-hmm. if your homegirls getting upset about that you need to have a conversation first you need to tell her to grow the fuck up <laughs> all right? Right. we all can be friends now y'all ain't got to hang out together you know I, I'm connecting mm-hmm. with, your, with your ex because we actually like doing this together. Like we realized that we, while y'all was together, that we actually connect on this shit right here. And I don't want to lose mm-hmm. that friendship. And, and neither, and you shouldn't demand that I, I cut that tie off, you know? So there's yeah. a separation between your homegirls um, and, no, no, not separation. There is a the difference between the relationship between your homegirls and new homegirls you may acquire through your homegirls' girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all but it's all new people in your life and it's all a blessing and it needs to be seen that way exceptions aside but mm-hmm. it needs to be seen that way and respected that way by everyone so back to your point red you know if you're a person and i say you were a person but in that kind of scenario if you are feeling more protective of your girlfriend I, i've had some friends too that's like you know what i ain't trying to bring everybody bring my new my new lady friend all up in all up at the scene like that right away anyway i want to i want to experience us just as us before i introduce her to my friends almost like you know before you introduce it to the kids type of thing mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i yeah. mean yeah and, yeah and let me say this even <laughs> on the flip you know sometimes jealousy can incur when you introduce your girlfriend to your group of friends and some of your friends may click with your girlfriend in a way that you don't click with your girlfriend and the and jealousy can mm-hmm. ensue. So check that shit too. Remember you're all different yeah. people with all different experiences. So you're going to click in different ways. Don't put up walls and boundaries. If you're going to introduce your girl to mm-hmm. your click of friends, just be motherfucking open <laughs> to what yeah. happens. So I had the, the flip side of that. Like I was so like, open and loving and oh my god that's my friend like blah 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 that a a couple of people and I had to acknowledge it because it wasn't just one person right (laughs) but a couple of people were like well what you need a girlfriend for like you seem to be good with your friends (laughs) like it seems like all your needs Mm. are met you know what I'm saying like with with your friends and I was like, ooh, I don't really know. Mm. <laughs> I don't know that I need a partner. Because mm. I am good. Like, thanks for noticing. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, there are but things again, your friends like, can't give you, though. <laughs> there are absolutely things your friends can't give you. But I was like when I say that I really have to acknowledge that that was in my time where it was about like, it was about me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was, it was very much about me. Like you said, making those, those um, very clear boundaries for myself, being very clear about the experiences that I wanted to have and did not want to have. And like, I would really be out <laughs> like for things that people would work through and fight through. Nah, baby, I'm not fighting for that. Like, got, mama got to go. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> people are like, no, you gone, go? No, really, I'm, I'm uh-huh. gone, gone. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I, I don't know. I think a lot of it 
um, was because my friendships were so um, just presented a, a, an experience in my life that if you didn't come with that same kind of energy or like have that same kind of experience for me, like I definitely was not going to be in a relationship that didn't make me feel good and feel free mm-hmm. and feel happy and feel loved and feel mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I wasn't willing to work for a relationship. <laughs> like I didn't feel like I had to because everybody else. The she's like, yes, right. I wasn't willing to do any of that because I knew plenty of relationships. I have plenty of relationships that did not require that of mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm, 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 you know, mm-hmm, that's real. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I you know, you're kind of hinting, and maybe this can move into our forties. What is, what does work look like in a relationship? Because yes, I think that if you are committing to committing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you also committed to some degree of work. And usually that work is really your internal, your personal, emotional work. And also, you know, how you handle your partner or not handle your partner, that's a poor choice of words, but how you support your partner is not always what you think. So part of the work mm-hmm. is learning how your partner needs support. So let's move into the 40s. That's how more like 40 shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, right. So my last relationship in my thirties, um, I had started feeling like there was something wrong with me for being Mm self-centered, right? Mm -hmm. That, um, that I was, maybe I was supposed to be working at these relationships and it was supposed to be like hard Uh (laughs) and like, you know, I was, I was just not sure if I was doing the right Uh thing. Right. Um, and so that last relationship I tried, I tried to suffer. Mm. Like I tried to to make it work and make the commitment be the focus of the relationship. And so what I mean when I say that is like before my relationships were based on how they made me feel and whether or not you got space in my life was solely focused on like how I felt around you. But people say that like, oh, it's not just about that like you have to be willing to make sacrifices for your partners and blah 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 and I absolutely was not making sacrifices for my Mm -hmm. partner and I said okay like I'm gonna I'm gonna try this shit (laughs) see what y'all talking about (laughs) and see what it looks like and it was it was abusive Mm -hmm. um and not like like not like physically abusive but it was emotionally taxing for me to allow someone to say dismissive things or be careless with my feelings and not lay the fucking law down and i was like oh no children you all have gotten me absolutely fucked up <laughs> if you think that I am supposed to live my life long suffering. Mm -hmm. Like I just won't have a relationship if that's what it's supposed Mm -hmm. to be. Mm -hmm. And there was just a clarity that happened one day. And I told um, my good friend, I was like, I don't, I don't even have to break up with her. Like, I don't even feel the need to like have a long conversation and draw it out and blah, blah, blah. Like I made her dinner. And we sat down and looked at all the pictures that we had taken together in the time that we were together. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like this looks like such a good time. But it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Like, And I really have to be clear 
that what I'm not going to start doing, like for anybody, is like taking that loss mm. <laughs> for the name of love. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? And and I think had I not had that experience and really like really tried it and really like paid attention to who I was in a relationship like that and what it did to me and all of that, I probably still would have carried a lot of that guilt, like in a lot of that, um, you know, feelings of like, oh, this is selfish. Like you're not supposed to blah, blah, blah. I absolutely like the next person that came into my life adored me. Mm-hmm. And I think it was only because I had balanced out how to have an argument and still have a relationship. Yes. And <laughs> and how to demand your place in a relationship simultaneously that I was able to fall in love and get married. Right. And if you and I would and not if have you, allowed if you any understand, of that. And if you don't understand that by the time you're 40, if you're still having drag out fights, if you're still raising your voice to a certain level, over 40, yeah, no. you're dealing with that rest of development shit I talked about earlier. <laughs> mm-hmm. you, you still need to grow up because there's no reason you should ever have to raise your voice. God forbid, put your hands on your partner right. for any motherfucking reason. You can't you yeah. can get away with that shit when you're younger because you're young and dumb and you think that hitting and, and shouting is something that couples do. <laughs> mm-hmm. But when you're 40-something, you really learn how to communicate and and not to say that you all like you, you you cool and like you know how to take criticism you know you still you know you still mm-hmm. pretend like ouch that hurts but you can still experience all of the discomfort of an argument and still be clear that we're trying to get something out of this conversation this communication that we're having you know mm-hmm. what i mean um, so, yeah. so, and as soon as you raise your voice or you, God forbid, get, you know, physical in any way, it's all deaded. It's deaded. What you doing? Yeah. Yeah. What you doing? Why are you in a relationship? Mm-hmm. It's ended. Um, so yes, right. <laughs> really for real. Like why, don't waste your fucking time. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So the, the, but two, okay. if I'm you're sorry. not willing to do that self check oh, yeah. about why you in a relationship, Word. then you're dead in it from the beginning. Word. Right. Word. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, if you're in a relationship feeling that you for the most, if you're in a relationship and you are trying to win every single fight or disagreement, um, Hmm. you're not in that relationship. You're in your own head and you feel that you always are right and it feels good to be right. It's so sometimes it's right to be wrong. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sometimes the right thing is just to be fucking wrong, you know, and and, and, and unpack that wrongness. (laughs) <laughs> and this is this is moving to what I, I was talking about earlier, and I want is that one of the things that I learned because I also began a relationship in my latter thirties and moved on. It was like a long, a long term relationship to so move into my early to mid forties, and um, in that relationship, I learned that what I think a partner needs from me. Um, is not necessarily so. Sometimes we give, whether mm. it's advice um, or we think we're supposed to support our partner in this way, sometimes it's not actually what they're asking for, you know? Yeah. Sometimes, they don't even know how to, sometimes they don't know how to communicate what they need, but they're not asking for what you think. You're just thinking, oh, I should do this, I should, I should, should do that, or here's some good advice based on what exactly. That may not be good advice. That person, even though it may be quote unquote good advice, that's not either how, what that person needs to hear or how they need to hear it for it to be processed in any which way or the third. And also you learn what you, or what I I learned a particular thing that I need, you know, and it's the same thing. It's a part of, sometimes your partner is trying to, you know, trying to give me things and, but it's like, I don't, I don't want to. I want to hear it like that. You know, mm-hmm. that, that, that still feels abrasive to me or that's still that my, I'm not, my mind, my spirit is not receiving what you're saying, regardless of all your good intentions. So right. I think one of the important things to learn 
is how exactly like you know and this is these are conversations you could have when it's all in the honeymoon period it's like when you're fe- yeah. when you're feeling down or when you have a disappointment in life how do you want to be addressed do you want to hear that hardcore no bullshit advice or do you just mm-hmm. want to be pampered or do you just want to be you know say everything's going to be all right yeah you know and sometimes that you have to keep repeating that same thing. Like one of the things in my prior, prior relationship, I used to get frustrated because I think I'm giving this good advice, which I think actually was good advice. But I felt like <laughs> I felt like it wasn't being I felt like it wasn't being retained and there was no change. Because so my my thing was like, oh, you should be changing, you should be growing, you should be doing this by what I'm saying to you, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, where and she kept saying, that's not how I just want you to say this, like there, you know everyone's brain is different and sometimes they need to hear things a certain way, hear certain things a certain way. And sometimes just give it to them. Yes. Sometimes they just like, fuck that. You need to hear this advice. But sometimes just give them what the fuck they say they want to, they want, (laughs) you know what I mean? Just give it to them. You know what I mean? And also learn. Cause who is it for? Cause are you really trying to help them or are you trying to help like make yourself feel like you, you know, you want to pop it or something. (laughs) (laughs) Like look at me. I helped. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I supported you, you know. Um, yeah. And and again, and in return, also you learn what you need, you know. Because um, I'm someone yeah. that always had some difficult. I had difficulty. I didn't have difficulty communicating if it was like advice, that kind of thing. But I had difficulty communicating what I needed, you know. Yeah. Um, and I've learned how to do that through a relationship, because that's what you do. You relationship mm-hmm. you grow, right? Um. Another thing, um, I had to write some things down because I knew I'd forget them if I, you know, about the forty. <laughs> <laughs> also, breaking up can get easier. My mm. last relationship, I, and, and I think, you know, obviously I'm not going to say her name, but you know, the, you know, I think she would agree that maybe we broke up maybe two and changed years too late. <laughs> like, it went over time, you know what I mean? But, yeah. uh, but, but. When it was time at that point, we was like, you know what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's just stop. Yeah, let's let's let's. You know, I love you. I will always love you. I will always support you. But we know this is not working, and yeah. we're going to say this to adults: this is not working. So let's free each other. Let's give each other the gift of love by mm-hmm. allowing each other to find somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> that can yeah, give yeah. you what obviously in six years I have not given you. Mm. You know what I mean? Real. That's real. That's real. And 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 that, that when when you're able to break up like that, you a grown mm. motherfucker. Like I mean, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> you a grown motherfucker for real, man. Um, you have anything? I have one other thing, but I want to make sure you you got. Yeah. No, I'm good. I'm re- listening for this next thing. Okay. All right. So, all right. What I'm gonna do? Oh yes. Um. So for the for. Most of my life, no, no, I would say from kind of my 30s on, um, I know actually to be clear, my last two main relationships, for some reason, I dated women who were 10 years my junior, like almost, you know, to the year, 10 years mm-hmm. my junior. And um, I experiencing in being 40 something, dating someone who's actually my age, right? Mm. Um and that's a wonderful, new, great fucking experience because there's nothing like dating, truly dating your generation. Not like when you're 20-something, like, okay, yeah, yes. it's your generation. I mean, like, actually when you're older, there's something because now you've both lived a life that was along the same timeline. <laughs> so you can reference... <laughs> you can each other's cultural references. <laughs> exactly. And you also have grown in, in particular ways similarly because you've experienced mm-hmm. similar things within your life, right? So yeah, well, I'm enjoying that, but I'm also enjoying the very grown thing of... Because my partner now, you know, she has her business. I have my business. Um, she's in a different space in her business than I am. But, you know, this kind of like on our first date, um, like when we first kissed, we kind of said, yo, we need to focus because <laughs> mm-hmm. this shit right here, like getting that whole time of I'm with someone new, I'm going to spend 24, seven, 365 with yeah. you. But what we're going to do is fucking sleep and eat, fucking sleep. <laughs> and no, no. I mean, yeah. a little of that, but no. <laughs> Still a little of that, but. <laughs> but no. 
Not no, only that. <laughs> no, exactly. Like that idea of getting caught up in someone so much where you are oblivious to the rest of your world and life that you need to live. That's something yeah. so foreign to me now. Like, oh, hell to the motherfucking nah. You know, because mm-hmm. you can enjoy someone, you know, when you're with them. But there's other parts of life you need to enjoy too, or you need to engage with. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and 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 women are a beautiful distraction, but they can be a distraction at certain points in your life when you know you're asking to be doing other things. Mm-hmm. And so it becomes easier um, as you get older to decompart, uh, compart- what the fuck? You know what the word I'm trying to yeah. say. Yeah. Compartmentalize. Thank you. That reason my tongue was like, no, we're not saying that. <laughs> can't get it together. <laughs> but yes, it's easy, it's easy to, to do to do that as you get older, um, where you can appreciate your partner when you're with them. You can make time. Not for nothing. When we first started, we fucking made a calendar, girl. Because we were so, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, okay, we go, but, and it's nothing wrong with that. You know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that whole U-Haul thing, Nah, not to, say you can't, not to say you can't dream and say this is the kind of, you know, life that I would like to see living. But we also know for that to be done, this work got to be done, too. And I can't I can't yeah. do this work if I'm up in your pussy. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to keep yeah. it raw and real, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I'm always if the relationship is so distracting that I can't get the things done that I'm supposed exactly, to be doing. Exactly. It's not only disrespectful to you and your mission in life, it's disrespectful to the relationship because what's, what's going to happen? At some point, you're going to resent it. Especially mm-hmm. when, when shit goes wrong. It's almost like all this investment went in the relationship and not other parts of your life. So when shit goes wrong, you have no perspective to fucking deal with the shit. Because it's like, mm-hmm. oh my God, it's falling off a cliff. Right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And just have a regular-ass conversation, you know. Um, yeah, and so how could it fall when I put my all into this? Exactly. Right? <laughs> Forsaking everything else. <laughs> exactly. Now what I got to sacrifice, you know, I, this can't fail. This can't fail. You know what right, I mean? Right. Like, nah, man. Nah, you got to balance that bitch out. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we'll have to come back to you when we're 50-something. Ah! <laughs> and for you 50-somethings, right. even 60-somethings, if y'all had to listen to this and you want to, if there's something yeah. else, we would tell love us. to learn. Tell us. <laughs> Indeed. Because um, here's the one last thing, and if we could say this, um, is the one thing, just a, just a general thing um, that I hope younger people will appreciate. And if you don't appreciate what I'm about to say, you will definitely appreciate it in time. There is no better joy than getting older and getting mm. wiser. Now getting older yeah. and remaining dumb don't sound too cool. But getting older and getting wiser <laughs> yes. Yes. getting yes. older is the most joyous thing you will ever experience. To be able to live long enough to reflect on a couple of decades as an adult mm-hmm. is, and then as you obviously get older, more decades you can reflect on, that the beauty of wisdom, like 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 uh, ignorance is not bliss. It really isn't. Wisdom is bliss. Mm. You know, wisdom is bliss. You know. Um, hear my snaps. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, it really is. And, you know, to yes. know that, that there's so much more to learn. Like, to know, because you, as you get older, you're like, I love what I've learned. I love what I experienced. I'm like, oh, shit. There's more. I know yeah. there's more. I can't wait until I experience it. I can't wait until I learn it. So that mm-hmm. whole idea of I know everything, that shit goes out the window. Thank God. Bye. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like you want to know what's next, what's around the mother. Like that's the joy of living when you really appreciate that getting older is the shit. And I know as young people, you think you the shit. And you know what? You are a shit you in are. context of, of <laughs> other young people. You are the shit. You are. You are. And y'all do mm-hmm. some dope ass shit. I ain't even. Yeah. What the yes. fuck? You know what I'm saying? Yes. I know some dope ass young people. Brilliant. I do too. You know what I'm saying? Like, what the fuck? Like, motherfucker, if I was like you at your age, I'd be a powerhouse. Like, y'all, y'all mm-hmm. some bad motherfuckers. But all that saying to all you badass motherfuckers at 20 something, y'all gonna be incredible mm-hmm. <laughs> at 30 something or 40 something or 50 something. Just know that your 20 something age is cute. And it's nice and it's brilliant, but y'all have so much more to experience. So don't, don't, don't mess up that brilliance with arrogance. That's what I'm trying to say. And nice. reference to people who are older than you. Don't fuck it up. 
please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because you're going to love it. You're going to love yeah. getting older. Yeah, yeah. And there's a, a what do you call it? It's not a taboo. It's like a, um, um, I don't, it's a fear of being older. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. I remember, like, you know, in the 20s, like, looking at the women in the 40s, like, oh, mother, you know, <laughs> why art thou in the club? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my oh, gosh. Oh. What's she like, looking for yes. in the club? Why are you in a shady right. But I realize now that they was in the club, like, these fools. <laughs> And not giving a fuck about me. I was giving a fuck about them, but then that, that they weren't giving two shits about my yes, young ass. They were just out I trying to listen to some music, trying to enjoy their evening. They were not trying to have the <laughs> same yeah. evening I was having. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yes. I remember one time I went to this, um, when I was living in the Bay Area, so now I'm 30-something, right? Young 30s. Mm-hmm. Remember, I went to this house party, but it was a house party of older lesbians, so I think they were probably in there early 50s-ish, and I'm chilling with it, and it was a group of us rolled through, right? So about a solid four or five of us rolled through, right? Mm-hmm. And we go to this old house party. One time I was sitting down, and I looked around, I was like, oh, shit. There go a queer 20 years from now. Oh, shit. There mm-hmm. go three. Like, I literally saw my own fucking friends in the future. Yeah. And yeah. when you hang out with older people, like, like you hanging, hanging, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And you know? and like seriously cuz you know like Chicago is very intergenerational mm-hmm. um in the queer community there were some women who I just knew that yeah I'm not going to catch up. Mm. Like you are you are way too fly. <laughs> like you are doing so much more than I <laughs> am doing and like I'm going to just let you have that. Like, that's your lane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to just stay over here. Because, yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If it's I not. get there, I will be so pleased with myself. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> okay, we're over an hour. And that's we are. We, we passed our bedtime, baby. It w- listen, I'm so <laughs> serious. <laughs> but this was good. I'm really glad we, we found a topic. <laughs> And we're able to to discuss it in depth. So yes, yes, yes. But um, of course, what we always uh, love the most is hearing from you all. Um, so again, if you have any questions, advice that you may be needing from us about anything—life, love, career—you name it—we're um, here to support you in any way that we knowingly know how to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so you can holler at us at thegayaunties at gmail.com or on Instagram at thegayaunties. And of course, please support us in a couple of ways. One way is going on iTunes and giving us a review because that helps us get noticed by others. And you can literally support us um, in paying these motherfucking bills uh, <laughs> at, <laughs> at, at patreon.com slash thegayaunties. All right yes. now. So, oh, you know what we didn't do in the beginning, but we'll do it I right know now. I, I know. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm Honey I am Red Summer. And we are the J.R.D. Bye, baby. Bye now. <laughs>